episode of the Nick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. When it's time to get some new windows or a new door, you gotta go with Pella. Why? Well, because they're fantastic and they can provide window and door solutions to literally any home. And the people are great. Steve, Vince, Clint, Brian, the whole gang, everybody there, high-quality individuals. And you know what? You know you're going to be working with those high-quality individuals the entire time. You're going to be working with Pella the entire time. You may be going, well, Nick, duh, isn't that how it usually works? No, 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 no. I didn't know this. Do you realize when you work with some other window companies, all of a sudden questions pop up like, who's going to install it? Well, you got to call that person. You got to talk to him. Who's going to pre-finish it? Now that's that you got to talk to them over there. And before you know it, you were like, you're working with like four or five different people. Ugh. You want the convenience and simplicity of working with one company, not three or four. That's Pella. Check them out on the web. PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. All right, reminder to subscribe to the podcast. Give it a five-star rating and review while you're at it. It certainly really helps me out. And again, that way, if you click that subscribe button, you're not going to miss any of the pods when they drop. And as always, I sincerely appreciate you guys continuing to support the pod and listen to the pod. Okay, on the podcast today, my man, my guy, the man, my best friend, Bo Rude, former Husker All-Big 12 linebacker, uh, we sat down and had a good long chat reacting to Fox Sports' Colin Cowherd's comments on the Nebraska football job, calling it a seven-win program and a C job. And you know, Colin made a lot of interesting points, and there's certainly a lot to discuss and break down. Uh, this was good. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. It's always interesting to discuss where Nebraska football fits into the landscape of college football in today's world. So you know what? Let's get to it. I am going to quit uh, – babbling here and i'm going to throw it to yours truly and bo robert rude talking uh, nebraska football and how good of a job it is enjoy all right we are here and uh, we are in the pod room bo robert rude is doing form shooting with a basketball if that gets him comfortable whatever you need to do to get yourself comfortable my friend that's what you got to do is that the triple threat that's the the impression of a guy that has never played and the ball comes to just, it's a lot of pivoting and moving the ball side to side. That's all, it that's all it is. Uh, that, that is all it is. I, you know, so at this point, we could sit here and go down the path of, are we going to have college football? We've had those conversations. We just had that We just had that conversation <laughs> prior to turning the mics on. Uh, Which we discussed. Sometimes we go on. We've been here for an hour and 40 minutes and just hit record. We forget that we have a pod to do and we get off track and we just did an out. We did a full pod and a half. I'm not so sure. There's a comedian, Pete Holmes. He has, uh, I think it's a podcast. It's called You Made It Weird. Yep. And it, it sounds like he does his thing where like the guests come in and like the pod starts right. Like you hear them come in. And they're recording. It's just they're going. We might need to do that just for the sake of time. I mean, what are we doing? Especially like I can feel the death stare coming from upstairs <laughs> of my wife. Who, so having to watch Mava, who's four and a half. Mac is, gosh, she's 10 days old now. Like, so. By the way, congratulations. Thank you, sir. Do people even know? Do people, well, people know. know? People, people know. know. People okay. are aware of the young man's existence, but yeah, you got to look at him. He was getting his snooze on. And the the yeah. Baugh legacy, for those who don't know that, that, that haven't heard, but Nick Baugh just had his first, first son. Born son. That means that the lineage will live on by name. Yeah. No matter what. Um, and I mean, I know that for you, this has just been. Oh, this is gonna be so, so exciting. exciting. This is so. this is gonna be this is great. I, I will say, I've already felt the effects of like it's a big difference going from one kid to two kids. You know, we're like you just usually like there could be some moments where like Kim's putting Maven to bed or whatever, and I get to like turn on the office and like totally disengage, you know, or something. <laughs> but and now there's two hands. There's now needed. there's two. There's I don't know how these people. You know, like Schick has four kids, ages like ten. And through like four, like I mean, what it? It's got to be chaos. I think you got to get the oldest to an age that they pretty much got to chip in. I yeah, mean, they, my my wife tells me, you know, she her parents had triplets when she was nine, and she had to basically raise a kid every day. So that, yes, they hand one of them to right. her. You know, if you got three, three extras on top right. of three, it's like whoa, three. You know, you're just. It's hot potato <laughs> babies, you, know? you would have liked uh, – so I, my performance, by the way, 
during the birth was much better this time. Oh, the yeah. The first time I was Blair Witch Project, face <laughs> in the corner, rattled. Didn't want to see any blood, any of that stuff. You work you work for a surgical use during medical sales. So you you are you're good with that. I'm good. You're good. I my whole thought was I said this on the last pod. I discipline. Stay fo- I focus on Kim's face. Do not ever look south of the border. There's under no reason. That, I don't care what those sickos out there that say I <laughs> saw it. There's no reason to let your eyes go there. Well, There's they, no reason. They even tempt you. They bring in a mirror, so like it's like motivating for the. the Do they bring in like a like a like a felt bed that spins too? Because like, <laughs> what are those perverts doing? I mean, they, it's like what is happening? Yeah, Austin. I think, the thing comes and it opens up. Is slowly. it the, a shag rug in the 1970s? Austin Powers shows up. Glenn Quagmire. <laughs> Glenn Quagmire. Giggity giggities with everything going on here. But no, they, so they bring in a Bunch mirror. So like perverts. apparently that's like encouraging for the woman giving birth to like see the head or something like that. Oh. I should have given people a warning with stuff. But like, but they so even try to bring hold in on. like so I'm like hell no, I'm not a mirror dog. Let me ask you a question: Is it like all right, calling the mirror guy and some guy runs in, Glenn Quagmire? The mirror, no, they, I like, know. That, I who's who's holding the mirror? I don't know. Where, the mirror just showed up. I'm not sure where the mirror came from. It just all of a sudden there was a mirror. How big is this mirror? I mean, it's pretty big. I mean, they it, they wheeled it in. It's not like a little tiny. So mirror. there was a a man wheeling in a, a mirror. At some point, <laughs> a man had a mirror. Now, whether or not he came in the room, I'm not sure. You kept your eyes disciplined. I was looking at Kim. That's good. Man. I was looking at Kim the whole time. I told like my whole thought was, and this sounds ridiculous. The things that get you motivated because I needed to get myself in a mindset of like toughness. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. I watched clips of Jordan in the Last Dance. The whole remember the whole scene where he got he got he had to call he had to take a break yeah. about his mentality. I watched that scene a couple of times just to like got to be got to be a savage. I watched the final fight scene of Creed because I because I like because it's so rewarding seeing Rocky be the corner guy, mm-hmm. knowing what he went. And so I tried to think like okay that's I'm gonna like talk to Kim like I'm Rocky and she's Creed. She didn't like that very much. <laughs> and 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 so those I tried to channel those kinds of things to get me through it. And I got through it. I did a good job. She I, gave me a 10 out of 10. I'm Kim proud did. of you. And you use the word I discipline. And I, I, I'm going <laughs> to take that one with me because I believe in what you're saying. I believe in it. Don't go down there. Don't look down there. I discipline. I'm going to remember that one going forward. You just hold a leg like your Shawn Michaels just gave someone the sh- sweet chin music. And you're penning somebody one, two, three, and that's it. That's all that needs to happen. But yeah, got through it, man. I did it. I like I it. I did it. I like it. Well, I did it. That's awesome. I'm. I'm. I was nice to meet Mac. Yeah. He's gonna be uh, a big part of both of our lives. Oh, there's no question about it. I'm gonna send him to Uncle Bo. Tough him up a little bit. I'm holding this ball right now. Just I got a basketball in my hand. I'm thinking about you know teaching. Teaching form. it. Yeah. Oh. I couldn't think of anything I'd enjoy more than teaching my. Ch- I mean, I've already tried to teach Maeve a little bit. She's. She, the, the concept of the game is a little, uh, uh, eludes her at times. You know, we were working on the shot and then she took the ball and then said, try to take it from me. And she took off running and like she, so she doesn't quite, she, she doesn't quite, she's getting there. I think she'll get there. She'll get there she'll eventually. Get there. She'll get there eventually. But we do have some Nebraska football to talk to kind of. So Colin Cowherd made some comments on his show, The Herd. You and I, full disclosure, I guess I don't I mean, I'm a huge Colin Coward fan. Uh, I think he's the best. He was a guy that I basically, like, if you listen to my, my solo game time show, I was basically a wannabe Cowherd. Like, I think that guy's awesome. And he had a segment the other day on his show where he kind of threw a bucket of cold water on Nebraska football. But I don't know if he's totally wrong. So let's set it up. So the whole impetus behind Coward talking about this was, I believe it was Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports had a ridiculous column on coaches who are on the hot seat heading into this year. And he had Scott Frost as one of like the three or four hottest seats. Like the like win, if you don't win, you are fired. Which is just absurd, right? Anybody that we were talking before, like you talk to anybody around here, there is zero 
zero hot seat talk with this guy. He could, I mean, I don't even know. I can't even envision what would have to happen this year for like the, at the end of the year, be like, you got to fire Frost. No. Nothing. No, I mean, I, I don't even see a scenario um, other than maybe not winning a game. Yeah, if they go, oh, let's say they play a full schedule. They play now. They're I guess they're playing conference games only, so it's good. Game's gonna be tough. Games are tough, but if but you go over, if you go in the o for ten, there then all of a sudden the seat gets really hot. Right. Okay. But even but even then, do you, I still I don't, don't think it's this year. I don't think that means you're fired this year, which is it's which basically insane. means you're not you're not on the hot seat. Yes, that that's what it tells you about this, right now. He's not in the hot seat because we're having a discussion on a guy that could go zero and ten and still be like, you can't, you're not gonna fire the guy. Yeah. So that led Scott Frost to or Colin Coward to to his credit say he thinks the whole idea that Frost is on the hot seat is ridiculous. He thinks Scott Frost is a great coach, but he proceeded to get into something that is that is. This isn't a new topic, but it's always interesting to get an outsider, air quotes here, thoughts on the Nebraska job. Because sometimes when you're so close to something, it's hard to see it for what it is. And Colin Coward basically said that the problem with Nebraska is they see themselves as an A job when in all reality it's a C or C plus job. Said that Nebraska is basically now a seven win program. And said it's not as good as Michigan, not as good Ohio, as Jabba as Ohio State, not as good as Wisconsin. And Colin Coward compared Nebraska to Michigan State. Okay, so let's break this let's, down. Yeah, let's, let's okay. dissect it. So, so here, here's the hard part is he said that's a – it's not an A coaching job uh, position. It's a, it's a C, probably not even a C-plus coaching position. Um, I think we need to make the diff, you know, separate um, what that ranks in terms of a coaching position versus a what that school like how we view right. this school because I wouldn't call Nebraska a C school. Our history puts us, you know, closer to an in the that A that A type of school, right? Because we've won five national championships. Yes, like we've had the the forty years of like excellence, right? That keeps you above C. Now, what Colin here's here's what I'm struggling with is what Colin was saying wasn't necessarily wrong about the job from a coach's standpoint, right? Because the, when we're talking about degree of difficulty in a coaching position, Nebraska is getting harder and harder because the recruiting is so tough, and you know, the Big Ten competition is it's very tough. That's as the well. thing. I'm not so sure, and someone could say that I'm making Coward's point a little bit. I'm not so sure that when you take into consideration recruiting base with expectations of the program, this isn't one of the hardest jobs in the country or in like one of the five hard. I mean, let's be honest. Nebraska, sure. we still, everyone here, I say we being a Nebraskan, everybody expects and hopes for championships, right? Yep. That's the, the, that's the, the standard. And you don't have a proximity to five-star recruits and a bunch of recruits in your backyard. So when you combine those two things, it is not the the most ideal job in the yeah, world. Yeah, I think the, the one part, like, you have to definitely weigh that coaching. If you're weighing just the coaching, the degree of difficulty with the expectations, like, you're not going to rank it the highest. Like, right. The be but, like, you do need to factor in how good of tradition and fans and culture we've had around our football program for so long because that does help those things um, that, you know what, like you might have a better recruiting base and a uh, uh, an easier schedule at Akron, but it's a worse job. Right. Right? Same with Michigan State. Like, yeah, better recruiting base, like not near as much expectations. It's a worse job. Right. Like, you can't call us Michigan State because we our tradition uh, – Beats them so badly. Our fan base locally and nationally beats Agreed. them so badly in football. So, like, even Iowa, like, we beat them so badly in tradition and history that, like, you know what? Like, right now, the Nebraska job and the Iowa job, I mean, 
flip a coin. It doesn't matter in terms of degree of difficulty, but like it's still a better job overall because of the program. It all depends on what you want to look at. Like it's just like anything else. If you can isolate anything and make it kind of look however you want to make it look. If I said, hey, here's a program that has sold out every single game since 1962 as five national championships, you would think it's a decent job, right? Yeah. But if you then said, oh, here's a program that has fired five coaches or whatever it is now in the past 15, 20 years and, you know, hasn't won a conference championship in 20 years and the fans are crazy and expect a, a lot, you go, ugh. So it's so some some of it's a little bit of what you want to look at. Sure. And, and here's what I I'd also want to point out too is are we a program that like if we don't learn from our mistakes, this is a worse job. I feel like we're learning from our mistakes mm-hmm. as a as a school and as a, a fan base where like we just said Scott Frost can go 0 and 10 and he'd keep his job essentially. Right. You'd have never said that with Bill Callahan or, or Mike Pelini. Riley or Pelini early on. So yeah. so does that not make this a better job that we're giving Frost the runway and the tools? I mean, we're giving him all the tools. Like we're right. we're saying we're gonna like give you the private plane and the new facility and the like they're giving him all the things and they're giving him the runway, which I think that has to factor into things going forward. So I, it's kind of a it's a unique argument because I don't disagree with Colin. But I don't either. I, I don't think you can say that the degree of difficulty with the coaching job and the actual like position at our school are are the same Here's, things because like the school's prestige does matter. See, that's I think one of the interesting things is like. Does it, who do these things matter to? And who, and what I'm getting at is like, we all say like history and tradition and the sellout. Like those are, like if we're talking about the good things that Nebraska has going for them, it's yeah. like unbelievable fan base, sold out every game for since, you know, 1962, all, the, all those things. And they have great history and tradition with five national championships. But the question is, do, do other coaches care about that, that, that would want to take the job? And do most importantly, do recruits care about that? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so the recruit part is I was thinking about this and the, the conclusion I kept coming to was the thing that the coward is not taken into consideration. You know, he was talking about weather and recruiting. Yeah, like, we'll get into like, yeah, the, it is harder to recruit here, but like as long as our fans are still the way that they are and that our support local, yes. like, the way that our university right. support like supports this football program, like we'll beat these other schools that are C schools that have you know C school like uh, level coaching jobs, like they're talking about. Right. Because like in the end, if you have the choice between us and another one, do you go to a place that's just like eh, it's whatever, or like you are the freaking biggest deal in the world to us? Like if you come yeah, like- into Nebraska, you are a superstar as a kid, and kids. Cannot tell me kids don't care about that, and they won't always care about. That. Because to to use Colin's comparison, he compared it Nebraska's Michigan State. Well, here's the problem with that. Number one, Michigan State isn't even the biggest program in their own state. Yep. Michigan is a bigger deal than Michigan State. Yep. Also, Michigan State football isn't even the biggest deal at Michigan State. Yeah. Michigan State's a basketball school. Yeah. Like all those things matter. And even when D'Antonio had it going for a little bit there and they were, you know, they made the college football playoff and all those stuff, like I'm telling you, bro, you'd, I, you'd watch Michigan State games and you'd get the wide shot and the stadium wasn't full. I know. So. Nick, I mean, kids still like that still matters on some level that that's so, and we can go into this stuff later about, you know, like we talk all about how much it hurts to not be able to have kids come to the spring game or like, right. You know, recruiting kids without a football season hurts us because you know, that, that's the sell. What sells people on the program is come to Lincoln, Nebraska on a game day. You go, this isn't like, you know, there's, you could say, there's a handful of SEC schools that care as much. Ohio State, Michigan, th- those schools have fan bases that you could even say could hold a candle large. But like, it's really not around the country. There's not many. Not right. that have been as crazy as ours have been for as long as they've been, right? And as good as they've. It's agree. That's the stuff that I, I'm I'm convinced and- will always make 
more of a difference than people think. No matter how much we lose, right? As long as we hold on to that, we'll have a chance. And I think now there, everything's a confluence of events that that don't necessarily make it all one thing. But I still think one of the things about Nebraska is when it when it pops a little, it it's still a big deal. Case in point, game day was here last year. Game day doesn't just go to Indiana or, you know know what I mean? They don't go to Maryland. They don't go to, you you know, like, they're not going to go to Iowa State a ton. Like, it's still, so when Nebraska got going just a little bit, and they didn't even really have it going. Like, let's be honest. It was it was talk about cart before the horse. Like a they lost like, they lost to Colorado. And they still got and they game still day. got a game day. So like, I, I still think that's a window into, and again, but the hard part is like, oh, uh, who cares about these things? Old TV execs and us or fan or uh, recruits. I mean, I think it all has to be taken into consideration. But all I know is game day when it got going a little bit last year came here. Came to Lincoln. Yeah, our job is we have to finally capitalize on those those opportunities. Those opportunities, yeah. and then I think what will happen is we'll separate ourselves to like we may never be to where Alabama and Clemson are going to be going forward. Like, uh, and that's okay. But but you know what? Like he mentioned Notre Dame, Wisconsin. Like I have no doubt that we can get back to like Notre Dame and recruiting. Out recruiting Wisconsin, we sh- we do pretty much anyway. But recruiting with Notre Dame, recruiting with Oregon, recruiting with you know some of these Texas schools, right? To a degree, like you know, like I think I think that's that's in the realm of possibility. But we have to finally capitalize, right? I mean, Penn State came out of the depths of you know Sandusky yeah. Yeah. to. To friggin' to rise her back up fast. Yeah, to you know, to 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 playing for conference championships and getting good recruiting classes. So we're not out of the the Penn State realm, but I mean, they do have a better recruiting base access. But I still think it's all I, I within think, reason. I, I think uh, one of the things Cowherd pointed out that, and and again, I'm not going to argue with any of what he's saying to it for the most part. Is that you know his point was things change and. He pointed out, and I agree with him, you could make a case that every single alteration to college football over the last 20 years has hurt Nebraska. Literally every single one of them. All of them. And to just use Cow- – sticking with what Coward said, I mean, these this is what he listed as changes that, that hurt Nebraska and made it now an average job. He said they're in the wrong conference. Said He, he said that he thinks they still should be in the Big 12 – uh, that the Big Ten is, doesn't work for them, that the biggest thing is they lost out on all the Texas recruiting. It's hard. To, I mean, there's a, there's a debate in that, you know? Like, I mean, the inability, I wonder, and this is, it sounds like a Sam McEwen article or something like that, it'd be interesting to look at the average number of players on the roster from Texas from like 2000 to 2010 compared to the average player's the, the average amount of players on the roster from Texas from when Nebraska joined the Big Ten till now. If that, so if that narrative is actually true, because it feels like it, 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 it feels like it's legit of losing out on all those Texas it's recruits. It's got to be, it's got to be, uh, it's got, I don't know if it's significant, but I mean, I think there's a definite, there's a skew in the numbers as soon as we went away from. It feels like it. It just, it feels like they're not as many. I don't hear about a lot of Texas recruits anymore. Uh, well, I, I know since Frost got here, especially, I mean, Mike Riley, I don't think recruited Texas very much. He was much. into California. He was into California. I mean, that was his, he was, as his worst highs were rightfully yeah. so. But yeah, I, I, and you know, Frost and those guys have been recruiting Florida. So, um, they're trying to get back into Texas, I assume, but I, I do. Th- yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking back at the guys like Demario Williams, Even um, Rex Burkhead, Rex Burkhead was a big, a big uh, big 12 recruit, um, Greg Austin guy. I mean, I'm thinking of the guys that I knew there was a couple of, in my recruiting class that were, that were Texas, you know, you had DeMario, Bernard Thomas. Uh, we had a handful of those offensive linemen for years were, were out of Texas. 
Um, but yeah. that matters, right? I mean, I, I think to be able to go down to a Texas to Rex Burkhead to Plano, Texas, and get him to come to Nebraska, it's probably important to be able to sit and tell Rex and tell his family, you, you, we're going to play Texas, we're going to play Texas A&M, Tech, Tech, we're going to A&M, Baylor, we're going to play, play all, you know what I mean? So there's going to be a handful of games each year. We're coming back to your state. Yeah, they can drive to Oklahoma, Okie State. Like that that helps you. Yeah, I mean, you can you can drive from, you know, Dallas to Nebraska. I mean, like right. like that's not an unreasonable drive and you know, every other place in the Big 12 is essentially shorter from there, you right. know. So like So I think I think there's there's a debate. There's a debate for the conference thing. I mean, I think one of the things that is it is it that crazy of dots to connect to say that like I think the last time Nebraska was good, they were in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I mean, two thousand nine, two thousand ten was we the last good. time I felt like Nebraska like should have won back to back. They titles. were good. Yeah. Those were good football teams that had talent. And I mean, the second they went to the Big Ten, it just seems like it's kind of been a like they've kind of gotten worse like almost every year. Like that's yeah. kind of what it feels like. Now, whatever that why that is, whether it's the Texas thing whether it's maybe a product of like, you know, there's a lot more programs in the Big Ten, I think, that are committed to football more so than Big 12. You know, you had your Oklahoma, your Texas. But, but Kansas was usually Kansas isn't. A... Kansas State, kind of. You know, Iowa State, kind of. You know, you had your handful of Baylor now is, but back in the day wasn't yeah. really. Texas Tech, same thing. Uh, can I, can I uh, pick a gripe right now? Yeah. I got a gripe. Give it to me. My gripe is against the Big Ten Network. Okay. Ooh. I'm I got interested a, to where this I got is a serious go. gripe. Okay. <laughs> I know you what occasionally that? work for them, so I you, I'm not gonna. I'd like to say that I love your, the Big Ten yeah, Network yeah, with yeah, all have, my heart right now. They have the best taste in tobacco. And, yeah. <laughs> so, what's your gripe though? Here's my gripe. I I am not happy with Nebraska's coverage from the Big Ten Network. Okay. So here's my point. I click on the Big Ten Network channel. I, I look through it. And you know what I get to see every time? Michigan football. Ohio State football. Michigan State basketball. Right. Penn State football. Classic games, Ohio State, Michigan. Classic games, Penn State versus Wisconsin. The 1998 Rose Bowl, Wisconsin, right? And I never, ever, ever see anything Nebraska because... Well, we joined later. So they don't consider any of our immaculate history, 40 years, a part of their conference. So everyone in Nebraska's national titles, every one of our big games, they don't consider worthy to be put on the Big Ten Network. However, they're also not putting our games on the Big 12 Network. You know, so so there's like you almost get law. You're you're almost just in this purgatory. Yes. So they're losing our history. Big Ten's wiping out our history because we haven't been good in the Big Ten. So they show none of our games from the last 10 years. And then all of our like the real good stuff, which they will show 90s and 80s and 70s, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. They won't show Nebraska because it wasn't technically in the yeah, Big Ten. It's an interesting so, point. It's an interesting point. Anybody that watches the Big Ten doesn't think Nebraska's even a, a part of it. Or, I mean, sometimes they'll be like, you know, you, you'll turn on and be like, it'll be like the, the Nebraska classic game you get is like Westerkamp's Hail Mary against North. Yeah, that, like that, that's, that's not a classic not Nebra- game. Like show, that's a meaningless game. A classic show game our national is, titles. is 94 Miami, 95 Florida, 97 Tennessee, one of the Colorado games, one of the Oklahoma, you know, pick, an, pick, like, pick look, the Oklahoma game. Look, like, I, if it's the Big Ten Network and they say, hey, Ohio State, we want to show the Ohio State Rose Bowl game from 1976 where they played uh, USC, right? Well, that's not two Big Ten teams playing. They're just showing an Ohio State game. Right. So that tells me you can show a old Nebraska game that doesn't involve anybody from the Big Ten because Nebraska's in the Big Ten. Right. You have to think of Nebraska as your own, and you have to show their games as your own, and you got to show our best so that everybody knows, like, oh, Nebraska wins national titles. Like, if well, kids don't see that, like, it, it just bothers me. I well, no, you're why. right. I mean, I, I think it's an interesting point. I mean, I think that's one of the things, one of the ramifications of changing conferences is things like that, where you just, you kind of like, your your history and tradition just gets, not forgotten, but it gets put in this shelf 
in a room that's harder to access. Nick, they have no incentive to show anything Nebraska right now on that network. Right. And they don't want to. They want that's to show they first of all they show Ohio State or Michigan like yeah. ad nauseum. And you just go you kind of you kind of start thinking back to like, you know, remember how Texas and Oklahoma were getting too much love right. at the end of the th- like it, it's it's feels kind of like that where like look if this is the big 10 network aren't you supposed to show us all equally or something i don't know hey guys quick break to talk to you guys about pella windows and doors and i i want to make sure that you guys understand that pella windows of omaha and lincoln they're following cdc guidelines uh during this coronavirus situation they can safely serve any of your window and door needs in the showroom or in your home all the employees at pella and the customers are completing a COVID-19 questionnaire as provided by the CDC prior to entering the showroom, entering the office, and uh, any uh, potential customer's home. And all the employees are required to self-quarantine for a recommended 14 days if uh, that individual comes into contact with someone who's tested positive, if they traveled anywhere outside of the Omaha-Lincoln area. Bottom line, they are taking all the necessary precautions to make sure that they are safe and you are safe so you can safely move forward with your window and door needs. And uh, on top of all that, as a result of all this stuff with the coronavirus, uh, Pella is offering temporary special financing options. They are now available. So man, now is the time to take advantage of these special rates and uh, put that value back into your home, and you have that peace of mind knowing that all the necessary safety uh, protocol and precautions have been uh, put into place by Pella, so you know the whole time you can feel safe. Give Pella a call, 402-493-1350, or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. That's it. That's an interesting point, I mean, I, but I think to to – bridge off that is just again what i said where it's like you i mean in all reality i'm really trying to think through all this conference realignment what program can really unequivocally say now focus on football because i think creighton absolutely is it like they have benefited greatly from their move to the Big East. Like best move, but oh, out of any I mean, sports, any any, any yeah. realignment. Like literally, you, I put like Creighton like at the top. But what football move would you say now that program's in a better place than they were? Um, I mean, TC- Missouri, TCU, TCU. But I guess what's hard with that is TCU went up. Like I guess you almost need to. You have to go up. You you have to go up for it. Like so, I'm using like a lateral lateral moves. power Nick, conference. Move. Lateral moves I think are bad. Like Colorado Pac-12. Bad. Missouri SEC. Bad now, yeah. You know, you just go down the list. Like I, I don't. You lose losing that history. I, I don't know what it's bothering me. I'm a history guy, and I it bothers me. It's there's so there's something to that. So I think that's played into what, to Colin's point, with all this stuff, and then even with the, you know, you bring up the TV thing, this isn't a new thought, but it bears repeating, and he repeated it, like where one of the things that Nebraska had going for it is they were one of six, seven, eight programs that were on national TV, and whether you liked it or not, if you wanted to be on TV, you had to go to Nebraska. I mean... We had the Thanksgiving Day game. I mean, it was was nationally known every year when you think college football, you thought... Nebraska, Oklahoma. And then his last point was that on why the changes that have made it an average job is that he thinks it's boss, a.k.a. the fans and the media and and have unrealistic expectations for the program. And I would say that was maybe true. I think that was maybe true all the way up until Scott Frost got here. Yeah. And what's weird is while everybody kind of anointed him as the savior, I think everybody had pretty low expectations in the meantime. You know what I mean? Like, I think, so, I don't know. I mean, I think that's been a the the $64,000 question for years now is like, what are realistic expectations for the program? I feel like the, I feel like everyone's closer to being on the same page and how we all answer that question than we've been for the past 20 years. Yeah, I think it's, it's in the, it's very realistic at this point. Yeah. I, I do. I, I agree. And now, I mean, to call us, but like, is it as good as, is Nebraska as a, a good a job as Ohio State? No. 
Is it as good no. as Jabba as Michigan? Probably not right now. No. Um, but do I think like you know comparing it to Michigan State? That's where I'm gonna push back a little bit. I, I, will, I think it's I a will better job than Michigan out State. Argue that. Yeah. I mean, Penn State. I would say we're on. I feel like it's level with Penn State in a lot of sense. I'm gonna play because then Colin had a great stat, and I'm gonna play devil's advocate just for the sake of the conversation. Colin went on to point out that from 1969 to 1997, Nebraska never lost more than three games in a season. I'm going to repeat that because that's incredible. From 1969 to 1997, Nebraska never lost more than three games in a season. From 2004 until now, so 16 straight years, Nebraska has lost at least four games every year. So to play devil's advocate, we chalk all that up to... Oh, I mean, we, Steve Peterson, and if they had kept Frank, well, no, Bill Callahan didn't know what he was doing, and then if they just would have kept Bo on as a DC, and then Bo Pelini was he didn't he he had never been a head coach, and Mike Riley, give me a break, and now Frost, it's it's he's rebuilding. Do we sound a little like I wonder if an LSU fan or a Clemson fan would listen to this and go? Are you guys not looking at yourself in the mirror and seeing reality that you guys keep changing coaches and the results, not only do they stay the same, they could be getting worse. So again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's, there, we do have, I mean, I know I'm guilty of, of uh, you know, finding the reasons why things went wrong maybe too much rather than uh, maybe seeing what, what we what really it are. Is. Yeah. But here's where I'll argue that is, you know, I, I go back to that, that article that they put out before last year that that had the the plot graph of the turnovers the turnovers yeah. to wins and we are a complete outlier with the amount of games we did win with our insane amount of turnovers and the turnover margin was so insanely yes. skewed and we somehow still won i think a, a, right in the middle of the pack in terms of average wins where we should have been the worst team in football, where that's where I'll say we're kind of unique in that sense. We're like, we are, have been good enough and talented enough and have underachieved, but uh, I don't know. We're starting this. The, the worry is that then the talent that we've had will keep going down right. because of the losses where then, then you'll just be what you are. I think, there are certain jobs that can survive bad hires. Yeah. Like like they they can hang it, you know, Ohio State can have Luke Fickle for a year and then once they get the coach right then it just snaps back. Yeah. Nebraska, I don't think like the one thing I will say is Nebraska's the type of program and the type of job that is going to have a hard time surviving a bad hire. And in my opinion, Nebraska's had two atrocious hires. In 15 years. Atrocious is strong for Bill Callahan, but it probably wasn't a great... He probably wasn't... I mean, it did... It, it, you know what? It wasn't a good, a good fit. He, it was a bad fit, and it was a... Uh, it was an intentional culture yes. destruction, which was... That's what makes it so much worse than, like, Bill Callahan wasn't a good coach or a good recruiter. He was a bad fit and a worse decision. Yeah, I think... I mean, I... I there's this idea that any coach can work anywhere and that's not true. You know, like no. fit matters and he didn't fit. And that's, that has to be considered when you're judging a hire. So that's why atrocious is strong. I don't think he was, but uh, it was a bad hire. It was not a good hire. It was probably not a good hire. And then Mike Riley, I don't care if I says it's a bad hire. It's a bad hire. Really bad. It's hire. a really bad hire. So Nebraska's had two bad hires in 15 years. And in some ways is still recovering from that. Yeah. They're still recovering from that. So I think, you know, in terms of when you look at what's happened over the past, you know, the having 16 straight years of at least four losses, like I think I think it's just that Nebraska wasn't equipped to handle all the terrible decisions that happened around it. Well, you know, let's go down. A, let's go down an alternate universe here. Nebraska doesn't make that bad hire. In 2003 or 2000, yeah, into 2003. And we're keeps do, it going. Yeah, we keep it going yeah. to a degree. And then who knows what happens from there, right? 
but we don't fall off the, you know, like and really struggle where we might actually win a couple of big, big 12 titles going into the, you know, the 2010s where maybe then we don't have to leave because we have more clout within the big, the big 12 12. where we're not, Texas can't force our hand maybe and they want to be associated, you know, like, right. Then all of a sudden, who knows where we're at, right? But like, everything happened how it did, and I, I, I really think everything that happened sort of has put us in a tougher spot. Totally agree. I mean, it's it so. just so it's just it's interesting when you when when you when people who are close to the program, like you, like me, try to explain the last fifteen plus years. Some people may listen to it and think it's excuses. I view them as more explanations. And Nebraska is a unique place. And it takes a specific fit and different, you know, everything's got to be coming together perfectly for it to really pop. And I think Nebraska, Bo had it, Bo, it's hard to say. I mean, Bo was winning. Yeah. Bo Pelini was winning. Um, but it just, the Bill Callahan, Mike Riley thing was set set the program back in a way that I think is 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 still they're still recovering from. I think one of the interesting things that now I want to talk about that Colin kind of ended with. Cause he brought up Notre Dame and Wisconsin and basically talked about and this is where I do agree with him on to a certain extent on if you're not Bama, uh, Ohio State, USC, where you're just, you know, your backyard riddle rich recruiting area, all that stuff. You do have to have something special and unique about your, about your program that differentiates yourself or levels the playing field. Colin pointed out with Notre Dame, it's academics, uh, with Wisconsin, it's their ability to develop offensive line. And he pointed out that Nebraska doesn't have that special thing. And that is something that I totally agree with. Well, I would say we had it. We had the black shirt defense for. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, for a long time, and I mean, we still. That's what I think we need to hang our hat on. Is like we need to be able to have big, good offensive linemen, and you know, the black shirt defense has to be the thing that people come there for. So we should have, we should be putting pros out on defense, which right. we did. I mean, when I when I got there. I mean, we had guys every single year that were going to the pros. I mean, even our the we always talk about the Bill Callahan 2004 year. Like the whole defense was yeah. pros. You had Fabian, you had the Bulks twins, you had my brother, you had Stu, you had the uh, Keevan, you had Jay Moore, character. I mean, you're talking about eight out of your your yeah. starting you know eleven that were all like pros and not just pros, like first three round right. guys. You know, so. Like we were there, like we were there with what's our thing. Well, they got the black shirts and they send these dudes to the pros and they are good. Right. That's what we did. Right. And then we have kind of lost that. Yeah. I guess I mean, that, that's where I think to Colin's we, we point. kept it. We kept it through Pelini's first, you know, handful of years. Right. And then even Pelini's defenses like produce less like big time pro guys. Right. right. Like he, he got Sue. He got Crick. He got. Mukamara, Hag, those guys like Levante that, David, Levante yeah. David, Randy Gregory, and then it sort of just went, you know. Right. Well, that's where I think one of the things that really hurt, like I think Bo had a defense that was specifically geared towards Big Twelve offenses, and that move to the Big Ten wasn't good for Bo's defense in a lot of different ways. It's a little bit smaller, you know. Yeah. It's a sm- like you always saw, we had trouble against you the know, teams Wisconsin. that lined up that ran it right at Nebraska. Yeah. Up, but like playing Blaine Gabbert and Missouri teams that want to dink and dunk and spread it out. Bo would Bo usually lit those dudes up. Yeah. But I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Like I think that's what Colin's saying, and I, at least I think like I think Nebraska's lost that thing, like that yeah. thing that differentiator. And so yes, for a while their their special thing was beyond just the fact that they're on TV all the time. But like their thing was black shirts. And then I, some people want to throw a shoe at me through their earphones here, like the option. Well, Power the, football. The yeah. option was a differentiator, a unique special thing 
that leveled the playing field a little bit. And I don't know. I mean, so we get in these conversations over beers all the time about like, should Nebraska go back to run the option? I'm not like all the way there, but like there's a, you could make a pretty compelling PowerPoint presentation as to why Nebraska should. And it's, it'd be hard to disagree with. I, I want to get like a, a clear breakdown of what cut blocks are legal now, because I feel like people don't get cut like they used to. So like if we can go back to lots of cut blocks and just mauling people, like I don't think that that is kids are not used to playing like that. And well, so two, it, two things can happen. So you can play a physical style of football. That's people are unaccustomed to similar to the way, like the first spread teams, right. like people are unaccustomed to playing spread. Right. Chip Kelly, when all that stuff, like they were, they were like, what is this? You know, you know, snap the ball every 15 seconds. Like people were like, what is going on? Right. Right? So same thing. A huge change of pace could be an advantage and not, don't forget this part of you say the option. We had a built-in farm system, no other school in the state. We had, you know, it's not a huge population, but every kid in Nebraska was running the option and Eric Crouch preparing to run the option. Eric Crouch ran the option. From basically the moment he started playing football until he got to Nebraska, he was a, he was and he at. he was just I mean he was like in an elite oh. level like if there's a black belt option like you know there's black <laughs> like the black belt jujitsu he was a black belt oh. in the option PhD stuff yes PhD and on how to hit how to the read crease, it how to read it how to pitch how to, how to, how to press fake the pitch end it. and all that stuff like I mean he was a black belt. It was in art- the option. It was artistry. Oh, so good. I love Eric it was Crouch. Just artistry. But I, the other thing you talk about a built-in farm system is, I also think, and again, I need to duck because someone's going to throw a shoe because people think we're living in the past. And I'm not all the way there. I think you. I think Frost is going to wed all these things together. I really do. Sometimes I do think where you're geographically located should impact to a certain extent the style you you run. If you are in Florida and what you have a surplus of is speed and skill and all that, well, then maybe you should kind of build around that. I think in a place like Nebraska, the analogy I used to give all the time, if you were, if you're going to start a restaurant in Nebraska right now, would you probably say it's smarter to start a steakhouse or a seafood restaurant? No doubt. Probably a steakhouse. Why? Because it's the natural resources to effectively run a steakhouse is in your backyard. Well, that was what was true for a long time. And what made Nebraska special and unique was those big ass farm boys. You could just bring them in something. and put a bunch of weight. And they'd come in and maul people as well. Let me ask you something. Where are our local linemen at? I don't I, I, I feel like we haven't been producing a lot of big, and like those big, just like we've, big... we've gotten a couple of good ones from Kansas and Minnesota. Like our big recruits have been linemen from other states, but do we not have any big linemen anymore? Like we used to get guys like Zach Wiegert, and you right. know, there's always a handful of big dudes out of Nebraska. Verse, shouts out to Verse, shout out to Verse, yeah. and yeah. Uh, I maybe Verse needs to break us down. Like our kids just not like are they just leaner now than they used to be, or like well, I think I think some of it, Bo, is to a certain extent. People, and you would think size is size, and you'd be able to go get. But like, I think a lot of high, like Bell West won the state title this year. Bell West is throwing that bitch 40, 50 times a game. That's probably it. So, you know, you don't. You're probably not going to have to have a bunch of bit. You know, you know what I mean. Like, but that's it. Goes back to it's all. It it was just it was this perfect storm of like a farm system of everyone on the option. It played into the natural resources of turning your lack of recruiting advantage into or, or your recruiting disadvantage into an advantage by being able to use those big linemen. Yeah. And then I think you could also go out there and you could go get the best option quarterback. Yeah. You know, uh, Nebraska always for forever up until the last several years has gotten really good running backs. Yeah. You know, like, so I guess that's the one thing that I'm very interested in. In some ways, if you had to ask me like, What's the most in, what's what's the one thing with the frost area you're most interested in watching play out? It's kind of this. Like how frost is going to wed the old the old yeah. school things that I think are still applicable that made Nebraska unique 
with the fact that it's 2020 and there are some things that have evolved with football that you want to stay up to speed on, how will how will Frost package all that together so it can be special and unique and have like a well, thing that's a differentiator? So, so like I said, I, I'm not sold on any of our recruiting classes from 2019 or or 20, uh, 2020. So this year's or last year's. Last year's was the one everybody loved. Uh, or no, two years ago two was years one everybody loved. And last year's, which was technically 2020, yep. uh, was also highly renowned. And those, uh, other than Wandale, I don't know if anybody in those classes are good. I just, I don't. I haven't seen it yet. What I will say, though, is there was a, a huge emphasis on size and length that is directly related to Ohio State, Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Iowa. Those four teams changed the way Scott Frost recruited. So he recruited whatever he could in 2018. And in 2019, he went out and said, we got to get tall, big, long dudes. So all these linemen are now 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", 6'8". They're not recruiting the 6'2", 6'3", like powerhouse, like stocky guy. They want long, long levered dudes, offensive line, defensive okay. line. That's a direct result Interesting. Of, of of experiencing the Big Ten and going, we can't be the smaller team. Just can't do it. Like we've got to be big. And so if they can recruit that well, I think that will be, you know, we'll fall into a category of, well, Nebraska, if you're a big, good lineman, that's where you go. Like we could become that. We're not that now. I'm saying though. I, I see what they're trying to do. They're yeah. trying to be like, we're recruiting big. Wisconsin recruits big. That That's what they do. There's there's a weird thing with uh, – because one of the things I get concerned about is – now, you got to, like, take this. There are levels to this thing. But, you know, are you ever going to be able to out Ohio State, Ohio State? No. And that's my fear a little bit right now is that Nebraska's trying to just kind of line up – and be Ohio State without Chase Young, you know, and and Justin Fields and Paris Campbell, and you know, like I get concerned about that. So the question is, do you build your recruiting to try to take down Ohio State? But at but then on the flip side of it, do you need to what what is what gives you the best chance to beat right now? You need you need to win your division. Yeah, like what gives you the best chance to beat Wisconsin and Iowa? It's Wisconsin. And I don't know. So Wisconsin and Iowa, Minnesota are. are, are got got to get past them. Can't yeah. worry about Ohio. So State when right. I say that recruiting, I'm talking about like more than Ohio State. I really think they're looking at those three schools. Right. Like Iowa, right. number one, uh, Wisconsin, Minnesota, like or a close second probably, where they're saying these guys are big, big offensive lines, big. You know, like we got to have a huge defensive line and a huge offensive line, and then everybody else, we're trying to get as good of players to fit our system. Sure. But those big guys right now are what we did not have. I agree. We had smaller, smaller guys in the offense and defensive lines. And, uh, you know, I, I trust Frost when he said, you know, the first thing he said after a game is, they don't, they look, are, they yeah. don't, we don't look like them. Right. That's just, that's just man to man stuff. That's just like, that just goes to primal days where yeah. you see that lion walking up to you. <laughs> That lion looks bigger than you. You go, you go, all right, you know, I'll stay out of this territory. I'll stay out. I'll, I'll roam the perimeter, but I won't come in, but I'm going to look tough. Like, that's what lions do. Right. The big lion doesn't usually have to fight if he's, you know, if right. he's bigger, but that it's, that it comes and, down. And that's to the it. thing, too, we all, you know, with Frost of, like, you know, giving him an opportunity to, like, this guy was in the Pac-12, and then he was in the AAC. Like, the Big Ten's a different – like, I would say the Big Ten's the most uniquely – like, I would say the Big Ten – there are elements of the Big 12 that are similar to the Pac-12, and maybe there's elements of, you know, like I feel like the two leagues that are the most different are the SEC and the Big 10. And I think one of the things that Frost has learned is what you're talking about, of like there's a non-negotiable level of size that you have to have in this league. And you got to allow him an opportunity to recruit to that. But it just, like, like again, to go back, like I'm just, of all the things that I'm really interested to see play out over the next decade with Frost, is just how he weds all those things. The non-negotiable size that it takes to survive in the Big Ten without losing the essence of what makes Frost Frost, and that's speed and, you know, getting guys in space. Yeah, that Oregon attack. You know, I mean, that that's 
I don't think you want to go away from what you're best at, and that's right. what he's best at. So to put a bow on this thing, because what are we at here? We're at about uh, 50 minutes. Perfect. I would say, you know, to to title back to Cowart's comment, he called Nebraska a C C plus job and a seven win program. I would call Nebraska a B a B to B plus job. Yeah, is I mean, that fair? Yeah, I think my point was it's hard for me to say that because the program and the coaching, like say the coaching rating, I don't think are the same thing. I think the program's still a better program than maybe the degree of difficulty to reward of the job. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it, yeah, there are a lot of different it, ways to, you know, you can get into, again, it's like, well, what element of judging the job are we talking about? You know, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I don't know how to put a grade on it. I, I just still think the one thing Cowherd's doing is underestimating how how much being like a a huge deal to your fans actually means uh, to a program and for the ability of that program to survive Agreed. And, and keep thriving. So I would say I'd say it's a B P plus job and then I it's so hard to put a number on a you know it's a seven win pro I, I it's definitely not a seven win program. Anything less than eight, I still doesn't doesn't feel right here. No. I mean so it's like eight to nine for us is I to think me they're an eight to nine win program. And at that point, when you're getting you you're in that eight nine win range. Then you make your runs those you, years. Yeah, every yeah, hand, every mean, handful of years you you know, the stars align or whatever happens and you and you pop through and you win eleven games or you yeah. you know, whatever. Now the the opposite be true. You can catch no breaks and you win six seven games, but that's how how I would see it. So it was well, interesting. Like Coward kind of you know ruffled some feathers with with that stuff, but it's I don't think he was too he, out of line or no, out of he, bounds. With he likes Scott Frost. He's praising Scott Frost. He's he's chastising the people that want to get rid of Frost or, or put him on the hot seat. Yeah, so I think, he, yeah, that was all re- the reason I can see that production meeting right now. The reason that rose to the level of a national sports topic was out of defense of Frost and of anger of how stupid this hot list thing is, hot seat list to see Frost on it. Yeah. But yeah, it's these conversations, I've had a form of this conversation a million times. It's so interesting because trying to, trying to size up and sink your teeth into Nebraska football and how it fits into the landscape in 2020 is such an interesting topic. Yeah. And and if all you go off of is, well, they're losing, man. Well, I mean, you, Bama was losing for well, a while and then boom. You know, like, when I, Frank Schultz was the coach, you could have called this job an F rating because he won nine games and got yeah, fired. I know. So that's, like, a, that's, an F, that's an F coaching job if you can win nine and get fired. Because that expectation is unreal, right? right? That's not a realistic expectation. So right. I think you got to weigh in expectations, and we've gotten better. Fan support and expectations are, are so much better. I mean, fan support's always been great, but the expectations are better. So. Yes. There you go. All right. Well, you've put the basketball down. And so that means we're probably going to wrap it up. I was man. watching uh, Castaway and, and, you know, with Wilson. And <laughs> yeah. the way when Wilson floats away, and he's like, Wilson, he goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, it was so good. So I'm putting is Wilson that, away. Is that shit? This would be another pod for another day. Like the, 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 the types of shows when you stumble onto cable that you have to watch. Castaway. Oh, man. If you, if you are going through the guide and you see Castaway and you actually go to it. It's so good. It's so good. And I feel like it took heat when it came out too, but which I know. I, I mean, it's like, I watch it. Now. What would It was great. People couldn't get over. It. He's talking to the book, but then you watch it and you're like, that's so good. Yeah. God, Wilson, I'm that, sorry. That is a pretty good, that's a pretty good Hanks right there. But that's for me, one of the sneaky, this may shock you. If I stumble up on the eight mile, I'm kind of in. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. If you if you happen to stumble onto it right as they're heading to the shelter on the last the last where he's gonna battle the free world and pop a dock. Oh man. Every time. But you know what? The whole movie's good. It's a, it's good, a good movie. movie. It's a really good movie. I, I didn't it's give it a pretty good movie. I never gave it a, a chance until really till college. And I was like, this is it's a good great. Movie. Yeah, you're you're the type of person that write off that. Like, Eminem can't act. Yeah. And battle so battle rapping's weird. Battle rapping can either be really cool like it was in Amount, and sometimes battle rapping can be like this is embarrassing. It is. It, it makes me uncomfortable when people battle. Yeah. It, <laughs> I get uncomfortable for them. Well, you'd have been we tried as we uh 
as we we were waiting in the hospital to you know you get x amount of centimeters dilated or whatever we tried to watch the irishman oh yeah yeah we got five minutes into it and kim's water broke i mean i was like just kind of like all right this is gonna be good you know you know the irishman was good i don't i it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't amazing it wasn't scorsese's like makes me want to like i haven't wanted to rewatch it which is kind of well, it's three. You, I mean, it's a freaking. It, I mean, come on. I dog. liked it, but it just it didn't feel like the when I saw Casino or Goodfellas or Gangs New York, I was like, oh my gosh. To me, Good Goodfellas is one of those. If I stumble on Goodfellas, it's just it's fantastic. Oh, but nice. so I need to step my game up and get my Irishman game right. But get five it. minutes into it, water broke. It's like, come on, man. Come on, At least Mac. You, got, you got Mac out of that deal. That's true. All right, my friend. Uh, this was good. Uh, we'll find some other topics, and uh, I'll see you next time. I got. We will. We'll, we'll drink. We need. We're overdue for a wine pot. Wine pot. We'll do a wine pot next time. You and I sit down and you hear our voices. We we'll do the wine pot. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. All right, my thanks to Pella Windows and Doors. If you're thinking about a new window or a new front door. Now is the perfect time. Give Pella a call at 402-493-1350 or check them out online at PellaOmaha.com. We will see you next time on the Nick Bob Podcast. A Parkville Media Production.